Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to Done and Done. I'm Alicia, your hostess on this podcast journey, all things Dominic Dunn, where nothing is linear and everything is connected. Thank you for joining me today as we begin the month of February. Done and Done launched this month two years ago, and I have so much love to give y'all investigators. We reached a huge landmark in January, half a million downloads. Holy cats, thank you for listening and telling your friends and your kind emails and reviews and joining me on Patreon like just the best, all of you. I am so humbled and honored by your support for this little endeavor of mine. I do have a spyglass right here with a little bit of love and recognition for our latest Patreon supporters, Lisa L. and Carol S. You rock! In honor of this half a million milestone and two-year anniversary of Done and Done, for the month of February, we're going to have a little fun. It's time for us to explore the most exclusive town in the United States. Time to pack your bags as we assemble a high society pie of shiny sheets, presidents, and palm trees with a little real estate, some scandal, and some true crime too. Welcome to Palm Beach, Florida, where the season is right now. Palm Beach, the winter home of the rich, and I mean the very rich. Palm Beach has been the playground for the 400 for right about 120 years hosting and homing the pinnacle of high society since the turn of the 20th century. Wintertime here in the States means it's time for the sunny shores and balmy evenings of Palm Beach. It has for a long time now, you know, for this very particular set. We have talked about the idea of these connected networks of people, colonies, communities, and Palm Beach is one of the most famous for the very wealthy. Remember, colonies and rich people go together, like the wealthiest families with a lot of industrialist, tycoon, gilded age money. These folks have all kinds of homes and all kinds of locales and all in the season that moves with them. And we in our Palm Beach Chronicles will move with the generations that follow in these exact same cycles year after year. The story does remain the same. Palm Beach is the hot spot. It's high season now, and this month of February episodes will take so many works from our man Nick, both in print and from television, to explore his quest for the real Palm Beach. It's history, it's players, it's homes, it's scandals too. Let's join him on his journey. Dunn will pen this overheard conversation from his Vanity Fair piece, The Women of Palm Beach, published in April of 1986. Money talks. Honey, money shrieks. Does it ever in Palm Beach? Let's investigate. Is the real Palm Beach. Sure, friends, I can and I will give you the details, the 
coordinates, the information on Palm Beach, but is that finding the real Palm Beach? This is our man Nick's quest when he takes a little trip to the Florida paradise with photographer Helmut Newton. I love this subheader from Dunn's 1986 piece, The Women of Palm Beach. Dunn and Newton, quote, go over the bridge to the fantasy island where the women are the generals and the men are just black-tied bystanders. If that's not a lead-in, I don't know what is. Dunn will write this particular article for Vanity Fair in spring of 86, beginning his third act. At this point, Dominic Dunn has been with Vanity Fair about two years, and come on, Palm Beach is like Wonderland Fantasy Island to Dominic Dunn. It has all the high society connections he could dream of, all on one tiny, very tiny island, and does Nick really have an adventure attempting to find the real Palm Beach? Let me set the general stage here about Palm Beach and the quest that our fearless reporter and photographer go on. This is from Dominic Dunn. This lush and lovely Florida island, which faces the Atlantic Ocean on one side and Lake Worth on the other, is the winter counterpart of such northern summer resorts as Newport, Southampton, and Bar Harbor. It is only 12 miles long. Here, rich people can enjoy being rich without the fear of criticism, because almost no one lives on Palm Beach except for other rich people enjoying being rich. During the 60s and 70s, some of the old guard, fearing that Palm Beach had seen better days, abandoned it, and took or built houses in Acapulco or on smart Caribbean islands like Jamaica. But the unsightly poverty, the racial thing, quote-unquote, and the fear of uprisings brought them back to where their eyes need only look upon other people living exactly as they are living. In large and lovely pastel-colored villas with well-tended lawns and hedges and well-trained staffs to manage them. But even here in this most rarefied existence of rank and privilege, there is heard a constant lament that things are not as good as they used to be. Seems like maybe Nick does get a whiff of something here. He is such an astute social observer of all the things. And his reporting from Palm Beach really does get into so many levels of our human experience. Dominic Dunn continues writing, It's possible to go to Palm Beach bearing all the right credentials, spend the season in a pretty house or the Colony Hotel or the Breakers, and never lay eyes on any of the people you've heard about or read about all your life who are, as the saying goes, the real Palm Beach. But they're there, behind their walls, just as the grand lady said to me and their social life, for those of them who like social life is relentless. There are lunch parties and cocktail parties and dinner parties and a great deal of stopping by friends' houses for drinks on the way to parties or on the way home from the parties. And there are charity balls, although there is a hierarchy of charity balls and this group attends only three or four where the guest list is limited to, quote, people we know, unquote. In between the parties, the same people see one another at the Bath and Tennis Club, called the B&T by its members, or the Everglades Club, 
for lunch or dinner or tennis or croquet or golf or a swim. They are mostly dressed alike. The men in lemon or lime or raspberry linen trousers with blue blazers and loafers without socks and the women in very understated beach or golf wear, except for the group that plays bridge every afternoon who are slightly dressier. So many of those places just mentioned, the Bath and Tennis, the B&T, the Everglades, the Breakers, we are going to explore. I'm just dropping in little bits and pieces here like seashells on the sand as we begin our Palm Beach Chronicles. Dunn will continue writing and this is where I really think it gets real. Exclusivity is the name of the game in the real Palm Beach. Being with your own kind and your own kind's house guests, excluding, for the most part, all others. To be asked to join the two clubs that count, to be invited to the Coconuts on New Year's Eve, the most in of the in New Year's Eve parties with its receiving line of 20 men, to be invited to buy tickets for the Planned Parenthood and the Community Foundation dinner dances and the Preservation Foundation ball. These are all signs that you're accepted or that you've made it. But unless your name appears on one of the two overlapping lists of under 300 names with unlisted telephone numbers that are sent out each year, like many social registers, one in the form of a Christmas card by the enormously rich Van Jewel family, the other by the socially prominent realtor Anthony Bolt, you're not really the real Palm Beach. People are dying to get on those lists, one lady told me in the snobbies characteristic of people who believe that inherited wealth is superior to earned wealth. But, you know, there are some business people on them now. When Charlie Munn used to do the list every year, there were only social people on it. So there are these many social registers, but then, y'all, there's also the shiny sheet. You need to know about the shiny sheet as we are beginning our Palm Beach Pie lingo here. What is the shiny sheet? From Dominic Dunn. The Palm Beach Daily News is known affectionately as the shiny sheet because it is printed on a superior quality of glossy paper, which guarantees that it can be handled without soiling the fingers or staining the white morning linen. A 92-year-old institution, the shiny sheet is devoted exclusively to Palm Beach life both social and every day. While the real Palm Beach crowd tend for the most part to keep their pictures out of the shiny sheet and the other five publications covering Palm Beach life, except when they attend charity balls or committee meetings in preparation for the balls, the rest of the out-every-night population is not reluctant at all to pose as often as possible, and some have become bona fide social celebrities. And do they? Palm Beach, legendary. And this is done writing from 1986. The shiny sheet still continues. The real Palm Beach is still very hidden, very quiet. So many connections to more names and more places as Nick quests for the real Palm Beach. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And truly, friends, only Dominic Dunn could write this piece. Remember, people are always telling him all the things, and oh my, does this next bit take a definite dip into the hot gossip of who is included in the real Palm Beach. This next bit is quite a wonderful roller coaster of name-dropping, exactly what Dominic Dunn does best. Buckle up, investigators, and hold on to your hats. In the next section of text that follows, you are going to know some of these names, some of these Palm Beach folks. Other names might be a bit of a mystery still, at least in the journey we've taken here on Done and Done, but it has taken us 87 episodes to get us to the point to even begin to unpack the next paragraph for you. Oh, it's so good. With tremendous voice talent assistance from some of our favorite investigators, Big thanks to Carrie, Melissa, Nancy, Nina, and Sarah for their vocal contributions coming up for you after Dunn's opening sentences from the women of Palm Beach. Dunn opens with this bit. Palm Beach people talk about Palm Beach people constantly. It is a subject that never seems to exhaust itself, and any one of them at any event where they are gathered can give you an instant precy of any other one's life. She's Mally Netcher Bragno Bostwick Wilmot. She lives next to Rose Kennedy. And last year, Tanker ran aground on her seawall and practically landed in the living room. The man in the receiving line, third from the end, is Paul Ilyinsky. He's on the town council. His father was a Russian Grand Duke who married Audrey Emery, Paul's mother, and his second cousin was the last czar of Russia. The lady with the long blonde hair who never misses a dance is Sue Whitmore, the Listerine heiress. She was practically born at the old Royal Ponciana Hotel. She single-handedly runs the International Red Cross Ball every year, which is the only one of the big charity parties the chic people go to. There with the deep tan and the mustache is Douglas Fairbanks Jr. I don't have to tell you who he is, except that his house for some reason is called the Vicarage. That elderly lady being helped across the dance floor by Charlie Van Rensselaer is Mary Sanford, Laddie Sanford's widow. You know, the polo player. They call her the Queen of Palm Beach. Don't say I called her elderly. The guy with the pale pink lipstick and the plucked eyebrows and that big diamond ring in the color photograph in the window of cones on Worth Avenue is Art Krupp, the German munitions heir. Last year, he gave a big party for the Queen of Thailand. But nobody has seen him this year. She's Lily McKim Pulitzer Rousseau. Everybody loves Lily. She's Ogden Fifth's stepdaughter, and she used to be married to Peter Pulitzer. Years before all that awful Roxanne business, and they were the most beautiful couple in Palm Beach. Now she's married to Enrique Russo, one of the Cubans. 
And Enrique's ex-wife is now married to Charlie Amory, who used to be married to Chessie Patrovich. I hope you can keep all this straight. That's Bill Ilvesaker. He's the polo group. Sundays, everyone goes to Wellington for the polo. The tall man sitting next to Estee Lauder is John Sabotka. He's one of the better extra men down here. Sometimes you have to scrape the bottom of the barrel for good extra men for these parties. The beautiful redhead in the gold dress is Fern Taylor Gimble Denny. Tommy Taylor's daughter, Edith Baker's granddaughter. And the man she's talking to is Alfonso Fangel, one of the Cubans. Sugar money. Rich, rich, rich. At the next table, in the t-shirt, carrying her gardening book is Cece Guest, Mrs. Winston Guest, the famous gardener. She's become rather independent down here. And sitting next to her, in the black bathing suit with the long blonde hair, is her daughter Cornelia, who's always in the papers. There's Susie Phipps, perfectly beautiful and sitting on 26 acres in the middle of Palm Beach, she, I suppose, is the real Palm Beach. That's Dorothy Spreckles Munn. She lives in an Addison Meisner-style house on what was the Munn compound with 10 indoor servants. You can't get any higher than Dorothy Munn in the Phipps's in Palm Beach. Holy cats, like all of that and more and on and on. <laughs> we are going to explore in our February investigation. Those are just the anecdotes from Dominic Dunn's opening paragraph from this trip to find the real Palm Beach. And don't you know that Dunn is in his sweet spot trying? We will follow Dominic Dunn on his investigation in 1986 and in subsequent years as he looks for the real Palm Beach. Coming for you this month here on Dunn and Dunn in the Palm Beach Chronicles. Let's have some fun in the sun with this high society pie, which connects so many threads in our investigation. Friends, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you stay curious and keep on investigating because this is only the first of our episodes today. Keep playing on to find out about the coconuts, the most exclusive New Year's Eve party in Palm Beach, going strong now for a hundred years. Play on, friends. Big love to everybody. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Thanks for listening to the Done and Done podcast, a Hemlock Creatives production. You can email us at doneanddone at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at doneanddonepodcast. For further information about our episodes or sources, you can find us online at www.doneanddone.com. See you next week, friends.